Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're back with part two of this fire episode with relationship expert Stefan Speaks on how to avoid dating and even marrying, yep, you guessed it, the wrong person. Now, ghosting, being strung along and getting played just for sex are some of the all too common dating dramas, which we'd all like to, let's face it, avoid. And Stefan is here to help us do just that. He doesn't hold anything back, guys, on what it takes to date the right man and having that amazing relationship you've been searching for. Now, we talk about why it's so important to stop making assumptions while dating. We go into how to communicate with your partner so you're on the same page and why even a great amazing relationship won't last without a deep connection and so many more juicy bits that we talk about so let's just freaking dive in right now guys i'm your host lisa billu and this is women of impact mm-hmm. and how deep do you go though because to your point i love the the club analogy mm-hmm. because it's so specific but there's so many little scenarios where you're not actually saying the words and over time it does build resentment so i again i love that you said about the club but how, how do you start to dig? Like, what are those questions that we can start to ask the, our partners or people that we're considering dating to know if we do align? Because some people will just stop at, okay, if you're at a club and someone offers to buy you a drink, what do you do? Mm. But it's very different if someone stands next to you, offers to buy you a drink, you say no, and then they just start talking to you and then they ask if you want to join them at their VIP booth. Right? So like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's so yeah. many nuances. How do you start to actually refine that discussion without feeling like you're potentially crossing a line of somebody else's beliefs? So I think, to your point, there's so many different little small details and nuances. And I think it would be unfair for us to expect that we cover every possible different I'm gonna scenario. I'm going to kick you for eight hours. Yeah. What do you mean? So we're going to go through Because the chances of of us being able to even remember all these different things would be difficult. I do think, though, we start with the foundation, you know, and we focus on that. And with that, we then give each other grace to learn and adjust Mm. as new different scenarios and details arise. So I do think we do have to use a level of awareness in the sense of, for example, if my partner says to me, well, I don't want you dancing on some woman in the club, right? then I think it would probably be safe to say that me then go hanging out in the section full of women (laughs) right with them is probably not something that she wants either. Now, in fairness, yes, could it still be something that we can have a discussion about later? Granted. But I do think we, we can draw some conclusions based on the foundational principles of where we set our standards and how we want things to be handled and what we consider inappropriate or not. So I think just start with what are the common occurrences. Start with things that you know do happen to you. If you're a woman and you go out to grocery shopping often and you're constantly being approached, well, then that's an easy scenario to paint. And, and ask, okay, well, how would you feel if somebody approaches me in the grocery store? How, what would you think is an appropriate way for me to handle it? You know, that's how we can just start from there and then just build as life throws off new scenarios and new situations we need to learn how to navigate. Yeah, that's super fair. 
I really wanted to go down every detail. But you're right. It's going to be take a long time. Um, you said something earlier that I'd really love to touch on. So you said um, not everybody is married or with the person that they actually should be or or they want to be. Yeah. Ooh, that was very heavy hitting. And in your examples that you gave, I actually can really see that. So what do you do? Almost like let's take both sides of it. As, okay. as a person who's maybe with somebody where you're like, you're settled, you've had the same, you know, like you're okay. It's not like you're unhappy. Mm -hmm. they, they treat you well. They're a good, you know, partner. Maybe they're a good parent to your kids. Um, and then you meet somebody else and the attraction is there. How do you just dis discuss that with your partner? Should you discuss that with your partner? Or what do you do about it? That's tough. Um, so... I, I it's hard for me to say you should go discuss it with your partner simply because you have to be prepared at that point of this this negative seed you're about to plant by having that discussion now if it's simply you met someone and you you were very attracted to them but you're gonna cut this off and handle it I don't think it needs to go any further than that all right because you recognize it from the jump you're handling it okay and you don't see that as cheating in any way. Well, cheating to me is going to depend on the partners involved because various people have different perspectives of what cheating is. Mm -hmm. There are women who feel that a man looking at porn is cheating. All right. Mm -hmm. There are some people who are going to feel like any kind of talking, flirting, engaging with someone too long is cheating. Like people have different, you know, views on it. So I do think this is another one of those things that have to be discussed early on as far as what is your your line of what cheating is and i and again i think not just cheating i, I think people have to focus more on what do you consider inappropriate yeah that's a better because way because sometimes saying. we get caught up in the semantics of whether well that's not cheating i didn't do this and it's okay but it was inappropriate you know i don't appreciate that you know that i find that as a problem so you shouldn't be engaging in that behavior that's we just leave it at that but going back to the situation, if you know you're in a marriage or in a relationship that you're not really happy, with, or you said they're doing okay, but you know it is what it is. It's okay. They know they settled, but they're doing fine. And you meet this other person you have this strong attraction to. The problem is, I think what happens to a lot of people in that moment is it makes it even harder for them to appreciate their marriage. So mm -hmm. what I mean is, it's very easy to stay in a settled place when you don't feel like better even exists, all right? The minute you get a taste of better, it changes everything. So now, the little annoying things your partner did that you were willing to look past become magnified because now you've experienced this person who you, if you have this connection, because I, because I also want to say, I, I don't think it should just be based off of you have an attraction to this other mm. individual because you're going to find plenty of people you're attracted to. But if you meet this other person you have this connection with, like I had a client one time, she was married for, I don't know, 15 years. And her whole story was like, she knew she wasn't supposed to marry the, the man she married. She knew it wasn't there with him, but she kind of just fell into it. It's a whole long story. But anyways, she met this other man who she felt the connection that she never felt in her life. And it completely like, turned her life upside down. Because again, now her ability to show up in her marriage was severely impacted because th what was lacking there became so much clearer now. It's easy to be in denial of, 
we don't have great communication when you never experience better communication. It's easy to be in denial of the sex isn't that great until you've had amazing sex elsewhere. Now, hopefully in these situations, they're not crossing that line, but in reality, it happens. It happens. And that just flips everything upside down. So at that point, we could say have a conversation, but you, you better be prepared that that conversation may lead to the end of that comfortable or settled marriage that you've been holding on to. And I think at that point, a lot of people aren't going to be willing to have that conversation because even though they're experiencing now this amazing feeling with this new person, it doesn't automatically mean they want to risk leaving what they've been comfortable and conditioned with for all these years. And But then I always say, listen, if, if you are experiencing that with someone new, I'm, I'm willing to bet if we examined your marriage, there were things going wrong all these years. Like it, it wasn't as okay as you made it seem like. And again, as someone who's a coach who's seen behind closed doors of a lot of people's relationships, I'll tell you one time, I remember one time there was a woman on social media, all these pictures of her and her husband. I love him. This boom, 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 boom. The whole time it was the most toxic Abuse, not not physically abusive, verbally abusive though, which is still horrible. Just it was just a horrible situation. But you would never think that based off what was being presented social media wise. And they did eventually get divorced. All right. And so a lot of people put up a facade, but you don't know how severe uh, the the relationship really is behind closed doors. And so it just makes this conversation very tricky because I think. We'd have to go deeper into the details of what's going on in that marriage, right? This is why I'm so adamant about trying to get people to avoid even being in that position. This is why I push connection so much. This is why I push healing so much because I know it's the lack of understanding and awareness of those things and the lack of healing that exists that leads to more and more mismatched relationships and marriages. Mm -hmm. I love that. But one question I have is, do you think that you can have connection with somebody even if you're in a great relationship? Somebody else? Yeah, because again, how are we defining great? Let's say you're, you are very content. You absolutely love them. The sex is amazing. They're romantic. They give you the thing they need, but you still have a connection with somebody else. Yeah, because I, I think, again, a lot of people, I, I hate to use this word, but it's just reality. A lot of people live in delusion and they, they're not, giving you the full scope of what's going on in that relationship that they claim is a great relationship. Again, I, I remember one time I had a client and she was talking about a man that she was like, you know, I love him and, and you know, we're having issues. He was in jail when they started the relationship. He gets out and she's like, ever since he's been out, you know, he's not home. He's doing this. He's doing that. And I'm like, okay, explain to me why you love this man, Right. And when she started to go down the list, it was everything that she does for him, nothing mm -hmm. that he does for her. But yet to the world, it's I love him, I love him, I'm so deeply into him. No, you're attached and you're afraid to walk away. And you thought that by pouring into him while he was in jail, that you were securing his love. You thought you were earning it and that now he would hold you with so much value because you were there for him. But you did that out of your own defense mechanism. You thought it'd be safer to give to this man who needed you so much than to be vulnerable to a man who you'd had to compliment, not hold up and, and, and basically be his crutch, so to speak. 
And so once you start to really dig deeper into a lot of people's situations, it's just not what it seems and it's not what they proclaim for it to be. But even if it is great in the sense of all these wonderful things, that doesn't define connection. Connection is so much deeper than that. And, and that's why it's tricky because, listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and say there's never been a successful marriage that didn't have that deep connection, right? But when people don't have it, it is a very likely thing that that relationship is not going to last. And when I've seen the majority of relationships that did last 50, 60 years till death do us part, they had connection. And, and not just last, because it's one thing to last mm -hmm. in misery. It's another thing to last happily, okay? And those who have lasted happily all had deeper connection. Yeah, God, I a thousand percent agree with that. And that's one thing that a lot of people talk about now is like, oh, well, they've been married for X, Y, and Z. It's like, yeah, but are they actually happy? Yeah. Or have they just like <laughs> succumbed to their destiny? You know, like, yes. oh, well, I guess this is it. Um, and the reason why I asked about the connection thing is being, I've been married now for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought about this of, of course, my husband's going to have connections with other people. Like I just, to think that, out of seven point, was it seven billion people in the world mm -hmm. that he's only going to ever have attraction and connection with me? I think that almost it would have set me up for um, disaster because I think that there are other guys that I have connections with, but I don't fall in love with them. I don't act on it and I don't think of them as being part of my future. I just think, oh, this, they're really kind and, and I'm a kind person. So we've connected over this. And the, I find it empowering to think like that. And in the sense of, will never act on it, first of all, and like I said. And just because you have a connection with someone doesn't mean that you want to spend the rest of your life with them. And that's the other thing. Like, I've really, I want to spend the rest of my life with my husband and he's choose, chosen me and I've chosen him. But I think that there might be some fear to some people that if they have a spark or a connection with somebody else, that it means that their relationship is broken or that they have to change something. The hard part about discussions like this is that a lot of words are used differently mm -hmm. by different people. Mm -hmm. So, because there are people who will make that argument. Well, you can have connections with a lot of people. But when I think of connection, I'm thinking of this very rare occurrence that does not happen ah. with a bunch of different people. So I'm thinking of different words to use. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe what she's saying is bonding. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's chemistry. Maybe Because I do feel that we can have chemistry with tons mm. of people, all right? Mm. I think we can bond over similar interests and things of that nature with tons of people. I don't think the connection that I'm referring to is something that happens with a bunch of different people. Right. It's very rare. And I think it's even, it's very unlikely to be in a relationship with connection and to experience that elsewhere, because once you have a connection with someone, you are so emotionally invested and so emotionally, whether it be bonded, connected, whatever, it's hard for anyone to come in there and actually match that level. Like the bar is set so high in a connection that other people coming behind and matching or beating that bar is just unlikely. So I think it's tricky because, again, there's probably people that are agreeing exactly with what you're saying. And I don't want people to think that. That's why I was trying to also make sure people don't think just by having an attraction with someone else, that means something's wrong with your marriage. Right. Like, definitely not. And, and I think this is where someone has to be very honest with themselves. Because it's one thing if you can say to me, I genuinely feel a connection with my partner, with my husband, right? And then I met someone and I feel like I have a strong connection with them. Let's just say I, I missed that part. I Maybe the, it, it exists and I don't know about it, right? 
But at least if you know you have that connection with your husband, I think you're good. But the majority of people know they don't have that with their partner. Not only do they know they don't have a connection, they know deep inside this was always not supposed to be. They know deep inside this was not the right man for them. Again, a lot of women's intuition spirit told them from day one, this is not it, but they moved forward anyway. So this is where you have to be very honest with yourself. And this is why a situation like this is very tricky because the outside world cannot verify what you know deep inside, all right? I, I can only give you some level of guidance and, and, and things to consider, but only you know the truth deep inside. It's the same reason why for those who are believers, I always tell people, I will never argue with someone who says, God told me X, Y, Z, because I can't verify that or not. I don't know if you truly went deep within spiritually and heard that answer in prayer. Now, I can question, how did you come to that conclusion? And because I'll, I'll find situations where people say, well, God told me so-and-so. And then when I ask them questions, no, it's that you saw certain signs and you assumed that that was God telling you something, right? Whereas when I speak on God telling you something, I'm talking about going in prayer, asking a question, and hearing that answer in your spirit. Those are two very different experiences. All right. Now, if you say to me, I did that part, I prayed, I heard the answer from my spirit, and this was the answer, I'm not going to fight with you because that's, I can't verify that or not. And I'm just going to have to trust. That's between you and God. So it's the same thing when it comes to what you really have going on in your relationship or in your marriage. Only you can answer that truth. And you have to be willing to be honest with yourself about what's going on. Are you holding on to something that isn't best for you or no? Is it just that maybe, because some situations may be that, you're at a moment where you and your husband are going through a disconnect, right? And you meet someone who's filling that void. And you have to be very careful to now assume that just because they're filling the current void, that that means you should be with them and not your husband, okay? And part of how you determine that is, did you ever have that void filled by your husband before? See, it's very different, for example, if you and your husband have had amazing communication, always been able to talk to each other, but let's say he's at a time right now where he found a new job or something's going on in his career and he's become less available to you, okay? And now this new guy comes in and he's filling in that spot and now you're finding yourself drawn to him. You got to take a step back. Your husband is fully capable. He's shown you that. It's just that right now he's going through this rough time of trying to accomplish things. You have to be aware enough to say, no, you know what? Let me shut that door and let me go talk to my husband and figure out how. That's where we have a discussion. That's where it's like, okay, listen. And it's not even about I'm feeling this way about someone. It's I feel like I don't have this connection with you anymore. I, we, we're not talking the way that we used to. I know you're working, but how can we make time to at least balance this out better? Okay. That's very different, though, from you married a man who never talked to you, who you never had this with, all right? And you, you've been trying to just roll with it for years and years and years, and now here comes this man that you are having this amazing connection with, amazing communication, and something that you never felt with your, your husband. Now we got a problem. Mm -hmm. now, now this is a symptom of you have been in the wrong relationship this entire time. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. 
And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doc that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc dot com slash lisa and download the zocdoc app for absolutely free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's zocdoc z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash lisa zocdoc dot com slash lisa Oh, I love how you just broke that down. And I'm always loving, uh, I love like these types of discussions because it makes me think in a different way and you're right. It all comes down to how do you interpret the word connection. Uh, connection thank you. Um, in the first place, mm-hmm. and so I think that the um, you said chemistry. So yeah. I think that that's actually in my head, somewhat intertwined a little. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, me and my husband are very honest about you. I don't expect you to only find me attractive. Yeah, like, babe, I'm one in you know <laughs> exactly. four billion people in the world. Um, I think it's more romantic that you can find other women attractive and yet you still choose to spend your life with me mm-hmm. then saying, no, 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 I don't find anyone else attractive. Now, I think that that also came with my own, going back to something you said pretty much at the beginning of this interview, it went to my own, how do I validate myself? Mm-hmm. How do I make sure that I feel good about myself so that I can say that? Because if I didn't have have built my confidence up, which I've been working on for like the last 10 years, if this was, you know, early days and I was very insecure, I don't think I could have said that. Mm. I think in thinking that my husband would find somebody else attractive or potentially having a chemistry with somebody else would have triggered me. I would have been very, um, I think, jealous, I think is the right word to say. I would have been very insecure. And I think I would act it out of accordance to who I want to be in types of discussions where I think I would have um, really put my walls up and um, not actually hear him anymore. Um, and so thank you for actually breaking down that that kind of the, the conversation, because, again, if me and you can basically be doing this and talking, about, oh, well, what do you actually mean by that word? Now imagine how many couples aren't aligned with their discussions and think they're saying the same thing, but actually aren't saying the same thing at all. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I, I used the word earlier about misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. So many relationships, whether it be marriage, boyfriend, girlfriend, they end due to a misunderstanding, not an actual disconnect, all right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, again, using words differently or perceiving the use of those words differently. And people aren't digging deeper enough to understand, well, what did you mean by that? Like, so many women will email me saying, well, my man said this. What does he mean? 
And my mind, I'm like, why didn't you ask him? Mm. Like, why are you asking me to interpret it? Because I can give you various scenarios. Because you have to understand, from my, from my position, I see things from so many different angles because I have dealt with so many different people, so many different situations, so many different relationships. So if you ask me a question like that, I can give you the possibilities of what this means. But ultimately, you've got to go back to that man and say, hey, what, did, what does this mean to you? What are you trying to convey to me? Give me more words to understand this. And that's a part that we miss a lot in relationships and, and people rather make an assumption or they go off of their friends and family's interpretation of what he meant. And if it isn't what she liked, she's done. She's gone. And it was like, that's not even what he meant. So what, what, did there, anyone, has anyone ever given the answer of why they will come to you and ask versus asking them? No, they don't, they don't really give me an answer. But I know it's because they're scared. Most of the time, they're scared to, they're scared that the clarity that will, he will provide is going to be what they don't want to hear. Okay? And they also, and it could be also fear of, well, I don't want to come across like I'm being too pushy trying to get him to explain. You know, women already feel kind of antsy about having discussions with men because they feel like so many men shut down or they're going to run away. So again, they suppress how they really feel. It's like the whole question of where do we stand, right? Women are terrified of asking that question because they've, they've heard all these things. Well, you shouldn't ask a man, don't pressure him, all these things. But by you not asking and suppressing, you now are not at peace. And, and here's the crazy part that people overlook so often. And this is why I really push women to always stay true to how you feel, express yourself. It's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. So find an effective way to express yourself, but you must do it because... So let's say, for example, uh, a woman's with a man for a year. She wants to get married, but she's afraid about bringing up the marriage discussion or asking why haven't we gotten married. So now in her suppressing it, she starts to be unsettled in the relationship. She starts to have an attitude sometimes. And he don't know what the hell's going on. Like, why is she so mad at me today, right? She, it, okay, maybe she's on her period. Like, he's going to come up with some rationalization. But either way, it starts to wreak havoc and, it, and it's worse havoc because he doesn't know where it's coming from, all right? Which is even more frustrating when I don't understand why are you mad at me? Why is this a problem? Why are we having this disconnect, right? Which only feeds his desire to not marry you. So you're only working against yourself because now you're giving him reasons to say, I can't trust marrying this woman. She'd be mad at me for all kinds of reasons. I don't know what's going on. Right? I'm confusing this relationship. I like her. I love her because I see all these good things. But there's this lingering thing that I don't understand, which you're causing by suppressing yourself. Mm -hmm. So be clear, because if he's not serious about marrying you, you need to find out. We can't be afraid to face whatever the truth is, even if it's an unwanted truth. All right? And we are not doing ourselves any favors, letting, letting things linger on. So I think women just have to really... Get out of their head, whether it be in the dating phase of asking questions they need to ask or in deep in the relationship phase or even in marriage. The lack of communication is one of the biggest reasons why relationships fall apart. And again, it's not just not talking, it's not understanding each other and not asking for deeper clarity and going further into questions when we don't understand fully what they mean. If you had to walk away saying, I don't know what they meant by that, the conversation should not have ended. You need to go right back. And if not right back, you need to say, hey, can we continue? Because there are some things 
I'm not completely clear about, that I need more clarity on. And if you can't have those types of conversations, then that's your sign that you're in the wrong relationship. That's what I was going to say, because some guys, not to kind of, you know, poor guys, but, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they're not very good at communicating. Yeah. And then often they'll say what you they think you want to hear versus actually what they mean. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know, I have the book, He's Lying, Sis. Mm -hmm. And one of the chapters, I talk about the reasons why men lie. And I explain to women that, listen, and again, I want the women to understand, this is not in any way saying it's okay for men to lie or the responsibility is on her if he lies. However, everyone's goal should be, how can I create a better relationship for us and even for myself, okay? And so for women, I say, you have to set the stage of letting him know that he can be real with you without you getting offended, attacking him, taking things the wrong way. The sooner you can establish that and then stick to it, the more you will have that man open up to you. Granted, there are some men who don't want to open up because they just, they have their own issues they need to resolve, which if that's the case, he's not ready for a real relationship. Mm -hmm. So even if he's just a genuine loving guy who has some problems he needs to fix, well then let him go fix it. But that's another example of maybe he's right guy, wrong time. Maybe he has not evolved and developed enough to be in a healthy relationship with you, but that doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean he's the wrong person to be with. It means it's not time for that, right? Now, if it's a scenario where he's being closed off because he's not trying to go there with you, he's not looking to be serious, he wants something casual, but then again, that just means don't be with him. And unless he's willing to change those things, you don't need to proceed any further. But for a lot of men, the struggle is he doesn't trust you enough to open up and tell you everything he's feeling. Men have to worry about the woman throwing it back in their face. And for any woman who questions that, Ask yourself why, and this, is, this, is, this won't apply to every woman, but tons of women don't tell their female friends everything for the same exact reason. There are tons of women who will leave certain details out because they don't trust other women to not either tell someone else or use it against them if, anything, if any fallout happens between them. So if you have those concerns with women, why are you questioning a man's concerns in that regard? No one wants to have those things used against them. If you can show him you are capable of doing that, you will strengthen his ability to open up to you. So you do have to recognize the role that you play in creating that environment for your specific, it's not, it's, not, it's not the role you play for men in general, you know, you're not responsible for, but for your relationship and your situation, are you establishing a safe space to have these deeper discussions and conversations? And if you're doing your part, and he still won't step up and, and engage, let him go. Oh, there's so many good things there. Because the vulnerability part is so important, especially when you're arguing and when you're hurt by them. So let's say you're in the middle of an argument, they've said something that's hurt you in that moment, do you use that vulnerability that they shared with you against, exactly. uh, against them, yes or no? And that was one of the rules that me and my husband have is you never use each other's vulnerability. And so in the worst moment where I'm like, I can't believe he said that to me, you know, um, like let's say he's just said something and I'm like, oh my God, that really hurt my feelings. I'll never, ever, 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 Stefan, ever, ever, ever use something that he's told me as an, in the middle of an argument to shut him down. Exactly. Because I know I can. I know his wounds. He mm -hmm. knows my wounds. I know his triggers. He knows my triggers. And so I think that being able to share those is what brings you together. But then in those moments where it's easy for them to use it as a weapon, do they yes or no? Or do you 
yes or no. Exactly. Um, and so I love that. And there's one more thing that you said that I'd love to go to with um, if you want to marry a guy and you don't necessarily want to bring it up because you don't necessarily want to pressure them. Um, more and more these days, women are proposing to men. <laughs> I literally like I haven't even I finished my question. <laughs> well, why don't you go ahead, Stefan, and tell me what you think? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I want to be very specific. Um, you know, there'll be people who will say, Well, what's wrong with that? Why can't a woman show that man that he she loves him just as much and be able to propose to him? One, let's again be honest about what typically is going on. So one, let me say, there's exceptions to every rule. And there are some scenarios, and I'll lay out one of them, that I thought it was completely acceptable or understandable, right? But in the vast majority of situations where the woman proposes to the man is because she either feels like he won't or he hasn't, all right? And she has to take matters into her own hands. And if that is the case, then that means you are overlooking a deeper issue in this relationship. Something is not being addressed. Now, there will be people who say, well, the man can still say no. Yes, he can. But here's an unfortunate reality. Men have a harder time rejecting women than women rejecting men. The reason being is that we are not accustomed to being in that position as much as a woman is. A woman goes through her lifetime having to shake off men in public, men trying to date her. She's had many more opportunities to practice telling someone no, okay? So, and I'm not saying no woman has ever been afraid to say no or said yes to a proposal even though that she didn't want to, but it's easier in general for women to say, no, I don't want to do this. For men, being proposed to number one is extremely rare. Even having women approach us and want to give us their number or something, that's rare. Like these are things that the average man doesn't go through, so he does not know how to handle it as well. I've had men tell me the only reason I got married is because I was afraid to say no. All right? So I, I think in most cases, we're overlooking the deeper issue that exists that led to him not doing it himself. Because if a man loves a woman and wants to marry her, he doesn't have a thought process of, nah, I think she should do it first. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, yo, I can't wait to give her this he's honor. Wait for her to get down on one <laughs> exactly. knee. Exactly. Because, no, because no. the average man understands how special it makes a woman feel for the man that she loves to propose to her. And he wants to provide that if that's her desire and that's something that he's down with. So if he's really cool with marrying you, he has no problem proposing to you. If he's not doing it, something's off. Something's off. So I think people have to not look at it from the standpoint of, well, it's a equality thing. No, no, no. I'm always looking at, let's go past the surface. Why is this even happening? Now, we can sit there and say, well, it's unfair because it's been a, a gender role that's been, you know, enforced upon us that the man has to propose to the woman. I get it, right? That's a fair argument to a certain extent. But the fact is, due to where we are in life and society, when someone's going against that norm, it usually signals something else is going on here that we're not discussing. That's just what it is. It's the same thing when you have a man who, I always say, if a man has money and is capable of providing, but he won't provide for a woman, he's not in love with her. Doesn't matter if she even has some money on her own. 
if he's unwilling to do it, because again, even if we say, well, that's just based off of a gender role that's been a force upon us, the fact is we've gotten to a point where men understand how women view this in general. And when he loves you, the last thing he's going to want to do is go against that and make you question anything about his intentions. You see, if he's willing to do that, it's because he doesn't care in most cases. Or he's been traumatized and hurt by some other woman, so he feels like, well, no, I'm holding on to my money because I'm not going to get played like I got played the last time, which would then lead me to say, well, are you even with a woman you're truly in love with? Because if you're afraid to get played, the approach of people who are afraid to get played or, and who haven't healed is to get with someone who's not capable of hurting you as bad as the last person. Which means I have to get with someone I'm not deeply in love with. I just like them enough to be with. So there's already a disconnect there. So you see, I, my brain always works in, we got to go deeper because the deeper is going to tell us what's going on. So going back to the women proposing, I, I'm just not an advocate of it. But to give you that example of where I thought it was like, okay, this makes sense. There was a woman who, she was with her guy for a few years. He actually proposed multiple times. And she declined, but she only declined because of cultural differences in the family and how the family felt about the man. Not because he was a bad man, simply because he came from a different culture. And then she had an accident. He was there for her the whole time. And afterwards, she just realized, like, I love this man. And he's the one, like, everything was amazing. I'm not going to let my family dictate this any longer. And then she decided to propose to him. And to me, it's like, okay, that's different. Like, he, he did it first, though. This wasn't a man who wasn't doing it. He did it. It's just that because of, you know, her way of handling things at first, she kept declining. So now her coming back and doing it for him, I was like, okay, I see nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So much to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for that example at the end. That was very powerful. I definitely have come from the like, if a woman wants to propose, hell yeah, right? Like I'm such a female empowerment. Like mm -hmm. hey, we, if the man can do it, we can too. Yeah. But I'm also, even with saying that, I also love to know the truth. And I love to know, to your point, when you go deeper, what does that underlying thing actually mean? And what is that perception? And then what is that doing to the couple in the long term? Uh, not, not to cut you no, off, please. but I, I'm so happy you said the long term. So here's the other thing that doesn't get considered. When the woman has to propose to the man, what happens in many situations like that is in the back of her head, she has to always wonder, if I didn't do this, would he even be married to me? Mm -hmm. All right? And that creates a level of insecurity about the relationship, all right? Now, again, it's different if it's a scenario where, because again, exceptions to every rule. There may be a scenario where these two people were madly in love and in her excitement, she's like, I want to propose to him. I, maybe she always thought that would be cute and she thought that would be like an overexpression of her love. And so in that scenario, I think it's different because she genuinely felt like we love each other and I'm just taking the action, right? But again, in most scenarios, it's no, you knew he was dragging his feet or you were worried that he would not pull this trigger. So you finally did it. So now you're going to always question, why is he even really here? Now, if he goes on to be this amazing husband, that might take care of that. But what happens is the, when he starts to slack off or he's not showing up the way that he needs to, you now have to battle the, the current issue of what he's not doing and the fear and concern that he never wanted to be here. And a lot of people, when they say, I'm okay with proposing, or I'm okay with a 50-50 relationship, or I'm okay with all these things, they're speaking in the now moment, right? So yes, at this moment, you're cool with that idea. But what does this mean over the long run? 
How are you going to feel about this? And also, what stage is it setting? To go back to the woman proposing, here's another issue that concerns me about it. Because now, in many cases, it shows that you as the woman have to be the one taking initiative to make things happen here. Now, again, if, you, if that's just who you are, because I do believe there are some women who are very driven. They're, they're very like achievers. They want to do things. So taking initiative, being assertive, is, it makes them happy. They're not, it doesn't bother them. It doesn't feel like a burden, right? But there's a lot of women who are only being, being like that in the moment out of necessity, right? And it's not really who they are or what makes them happy. So now, if you end up being the one setting the stage of taking the initiative in the relationship, well, guess what? He will always view it as, well, she'll take care of it. She'll handle it. Because it won't stop at just proposing. Again, it's never just one little thing. There's other ways that he doesn't show up in that same regard. And so now, you constantly carrying that burden of being the one that's assertive and taking initiative, how happy will you be? How much will you respect this man? Okay? And do you really want him to think it's okay for him to always wait for you to do things? That's the thing you have to, we have to be willing to discuss all of that. And, and, and let's flip it because someone will say, well, let's just say he, he is doing all those things, but she still decided to propose to him. Chances are that's not what it is. <laughs> Chances are he, he's not being, uh, not taking initiative and being assertive in other aspects of the relationship. And so now all you've done is added another layer of taking the responsibility away from him so he does not learn how to grow up in that way. Oh, that's so powerful. I really struggled with this as an independent woman and feeling like, yeah, I'm a, I can take care of myself, but also actually wanting a husband that takes care of them. <laughs> and so we just had to have that honest conversation of like, actually, babe, I don't mind booking a restaurant. Like, mm -hmm. I'll take the initiative because he's so busy. He, he literally will be starving and then be like, oh, crap, I have to eat. Right. Yeah. So that's his personality. I know that, but I like going out for dinner. So I take his personality for as it is. I don't try and change him. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, how do I get meals out? How do I get like date night <laughs> out and about? Okay, I'll book it. I don't mind doing that. But you know what, babe? When the bill comes, I hand it to him. Even though we share the same bank account, Stefan. <laughs> and I've told him that. I was like, I like to be very independent and strong-willed. And, you know, I'm very confident in that. But also I have zero problem in saying, babe, I like you to handle the check. Even when we go to sh shopping, if I'm buying something, I'll... I'll give it to him and he goes up to the counter and pays for it. But it's because we've been together for so long and because I have built my confidence. And I think that that's a massive thing of I've built my confidence and I'm able to articulate my needs to my partner without feeling guilty. Because I think that just speaking for a woman, a lot of us women do feel guilty if we speak our needs yeah. and we say them out loud. Because like, oh, I don't want to be too needy. I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to be a bother. But going to basically everything you've been saying in this uh, interview is that if you can honor yourself, be honest, be transparent, say the things that you really want and then see how they respond, that becomes the most powerful tool that you have to not succumb to really taking it full circle to any manipulation that maybe somebody's trying to have on you. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's funny because I always tell people how I'm a payer, not a planner. That's so <laughs> I, I, good. So I love your, that. Your example is exactly what I like. It's like, listen, you book it. Here's the credit card. Knock it out. I'm not good. I'm like Tom. I'm, I'm busy doing stuff. I don't want to worry about all those little small details. And, it, and what's funny also is that when you're already not a planner, and you're trying to plan for a woman, she wants you to plan the way that she likes it to be planned. Mm -hmm. So if you don't plan it to her liking, it's still going to be a problem. So it's like, listen, let's skip all that. You take care of it. I'll pay for it. But 
to your point and what we've been saying all show is it's not about trying to accommodate or be what someone likes. It's about being who you are and seeing who likes that, who's in alignment with that. Not being afraid to express your needs because in expressing them, you will see who can pour into them. Plain and simple, we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice by not being truthful about who we are, what we need. And if you don't know who you are, you don't know who, what you need, that's the work you should be doing right now, figuring that out. But even in that, I think a lot of discovering ourselves is a matter of accepting ourselves. We know what we don't like and what we like. We just refuse to accept it a lot of times. And we make ourselves think there's something wrong with us if we like these things. Like I, one small example, I went through a period where I'm very like high achiever. I'm always trying to do stuff. And so I tend to never be satisfied in a lot of ways because I'm always on to the next thing. And so, you know, people would tell me, oh, you need to stop that. You need to just celebrate things and all this stuff, right? So I said, okay, for a month, I'm going to not focus on trying to do anything new or achieve more. I'm just going to be okay with things are and just stay settled there. And it was one of my most depressing months ever, you know? And I realized after that, stop fighting who I am. I'm like this for a reason. The key is, yes, create proper balance. Don't get so consumed by it that now, I, like, I, I, I do need to learn to not be um, stressed out by it, so to speak. But I don't need to fight who I am. And now that I can accept that part of me, now I can present that part of me to a woman and say, hey, this is who I am. Are you cool with this? Like genuinely. Because there's going to be some women, some women don't like a man being so, they like the idea of an ambitious man, not the reality of an ambitious man. Because the reality is he's out and about, he's doing things, he may not be always super available to you. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with you as a woman if you don't like that. There's nothing wrong. Like, I think people have demonized the word clingy, right? And I think we need to start looking at it differently because there are some women who like that man to be close to them constantly. They like to be in the man's skin damn near, okay? Like, that's just who they are. And granted, sometimes it does come from a very unhealthy place. But some people really value that deeper bond and being close to each other. And if you know being with that achieving entrepreneurial man, whatever, is going to leave you feeling unsettled and not at peace, don't be with that guy. Be with the guy who can pour into you in that way because there are men who are just like you, who want that constant level of closeness. Whereas there are other women who may be, let's just say, more free-spirited, more like, hey, I want quality time with my man, but I don't need him all the time there because I can go do my own thing. I got my friends. I have my other things going on. And she, that woman is more better suited for that kind of man. That's how we should be trying to navigate this whole dating process. So I definitely think we just have to be real with ourselves, know who we are, and stand in that because anything else is only going to undermine our ability to find and experience a healthy relationship. Mm, because we're always going to constantly either, like try and change each other. So yes. going to your analogy of, let's say, the clingy, which I like, let's let's reframe that. Clingy is a good thing. <laughs> it's someone that wants to be close to somebody. So the, you've got someone who's clingy and then you've got the really ambitious person. Okay, for them to be together, one of them needs to change or neither of them get their needs met. Exactly. So, so I guess those are the options, right? Neither of them get their needs met because the ambitious person wants that space, but then the person's always being clingy with them and the clingy person just wants them to be close and they're not. So if one person moves closer to the other person, they're now giving up what they value 
So it's either the ambitious person is now given up the part of their ambition or the clingy person's actually given up the, the need or the want to have somebody close to them. Yes, exactly. And it's just, it's just going to create conflict. And, and I think this is what happens to so many people. And they're not being honest about that. And again, because they've demonized or allow society to demonize what their specific needs are. So that person who is quote unquote mm. clingy is being told this is bad, 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 bad. And again, some situations it it is coming from an unhealthy place. But in a lot of people, that's just who they are. And if she's not accepting or he not accepting that part of themselves because they're worried about everyone else saying it's, it's not healthy, now they, they go into constant denial of this. And now they're never having this need satisfied. Same thing with the ambitious person who's being told, oh, you're too, you're doing too much. No, that's just who I am. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me it's too much. Like, I'm someone who will never retire. I believe in always working, you know? And I always say I would need a woman who respects and honors my ambition. I don't need her to be ambitious too, in that sense. I need her to honor and respect mine. And if that's the case, and she can't have her own ambitions, but there has to be a harmony and a complementing of each other. But too many people are conflicting with each other. And then, and then they'll say, well, you know, I can't let this person go for that reason because they're a good person. Yeah, but you're not happy. And, and, it, and it's those, those unresolved issues that then lead to infidelity that people don't want to accept and realize. A lot of infidelity stemmed from voids in the relationship. You know, people will say, oh, you can give a man everything and he'll still cheat. I have to say 90-something percent of cases is not the man getting everything and he cheated. Plain and simple. And that's not to make the cheating man okay. Same thing for the women who've cheated, all right? Which is funny because most women will acknowledge that if the woman cheated, something was missing at home. <laughs> but if the man cheated, he must have had everything and still cheated. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think you're right. I think you're right. Oh God, that never dawned on me. I'll tell you. But it's reality is both of them have... Because here's what happens on, on... Not to dwell too much on it, but when a woman... A lot of times when a woman or even a man says, I gave them everything. What they mean is, I gave them everything that I deemed necessary and acceptable. I did what I thought should be enough, but you weren't really doing what they wanted, all right? So it's almost like, to get even more specific, it's almost like someone who says, well, I, I gave them sex whenever they wanted. Yeah, but the things they wanted sexually in the bedroom to be done, you never did. You just, yeah, you showed up physically, but you didn't do it. It's the same way if a man says, well, I, I, I'm home with her. No, you're in your room while she's in the other room. So yeah, you were home, but you were not present with her. So she still felt the void. You see what I'm saying? So you didn't give her everything. You just gave her what you felt was enough or what you wanted to do. That's not acceptable if we want to make sure we're fortifying our relationships and fulfilling our partner's needs and desires. And this is why, again, we gotta, it, it kind of goes back to that discussion about discussing standards and going deeper. We gotta go deeper and even get more specific about what it is I need from my partner. It can't just be, well, I need quality time. What does quality time look like? It can't just be, I just need sex three times a week. No, what does that look like? Because again, the type of sex makes a huge difference. All right. It can't just be, oh, well, uh, I want some kids. No, no, be real, because some of y'all want three, four. He wants one and we have a disconnect. We can't just say, oh, do you want kids? Yes. OK, we're on the same page. No, we're not. No, we're not. Because if his one and you want four, 
that in itself can become a huge argument. And now there's resentment and regret because they weren't even on the same page as, as far as how big they wanted their family to be. We got to get deeper with each other and get more specific if we want to make sure we are truly in alignment with each other. You know, I love that so much. And it reminded me of a conversation. So me and Tom practiced that at one point. And he was asking me, he's like, like, come and play video games with me. And he just kept like asking, asking and asking. And he's like, you know, it'd be so, instead of just asking, right? Like, hey, do you want to play video games? And I kept saying no. He's like, <laughs> it, would, it would be really meaningful to me if you played video games with me. Okay, so now he's telling me how, it, how he feels about me playing video games. That was very helpful. And then the second part was um, kind of, you know, I think relationships are, not, are always, that you need to reciprocate. And so mm -hmm. he was like, and what do you want in return? Right, like I realize that you don't want to do this. I realize you're doing it for me. So, what do you want in return? So I was like, okay, let me think. What do I want? Like almost like rewards, right? Yeah. What's the reward? And so I was like, I want you the next time we come shopping, or the next time I want to go shopping, I want you to come with me. But I want you to be happy about it. <laughs> and that's the key, Stefan, because I said often bless you, but you just sit there looking miserable like I'm like pulling your eyes out of your socket. Mm. And he's like, cool, as long as you look happy about playing video games. So I was like, sure. Because sometimes we get in that pattern of trying to show up for the other person and not actually being there in order to make them feel good about it. Yeah. It's more like a resistance. So it's like, God, he's making me play video games. See, I told you I would die. Right now, my frustration, <laughs> right, like if we're playing the shooting game, now my frustration comes across and he's not actually getting what he wants. And now you're just like, well, you may as well not be here then. And yeah. then sometimes you trying to show up to help that person ends up being an annoyance and now no one gets what they want. Absolutely. But you know what? what's awesome about your story, and I, and I hope people implement this, is the reward system. Mm -hmm. Because... It's so much easier to be happy doing something I never really cared for when I know I'm getting a reward out of it. And some people have to admit, well, why should we be rewarding each other? Why not? If that's going to be part of the motivation that helps us pour into each other, why not? Because again, you even using the shopping example, could you imagine if men across the world were told, hey, if you go shopping with me and you look happy, I'm going to do that thing you like in the bedroom. He'd be like, let's go. <laughs> that's another agreement Tom and I had, but I thought I'd use the video game example. <laughs> He'd be like, what? Shop, let's go everywhere. Where you want to go next? <laughs> Throw the wallet at you for all you can. Because he knows, okay, I, I'm, it's a mutually beneficial thing. And I think that's what's important is that a lot of times we're asking for things out of our partner, but we're not asking how we can then return that favor to them, so to speak. And when we can create that, it creates a lot of harmony. And, and again, it turns into genuine happiness, not even just a fake happiness. No, I'm genuinely happy because I know I don't want some points for what I want to get to. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to feed it. And then, and then what's crazy is, we do it enough times, and now, even despite the outcome of what I'm going to get in return, we may learn to enjoy each other more in that moment. Like, you may learn to enjoy a little bit more about the video game. He may enjoy a little bit more about the shopping because you guys had more time to bond in a positive setting or positive mindset because of that whole reward system that you guys implemented. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I told him, babe, you can also, like, you some clothes that you may want to see me in. So that was like the little the added bonus there. There you go, you yeah. see? Oh, God. Stefan, this has been so freaking enjoyable. Um, where can people find you and all the incredible work you're putting out? Yes, they can find me, Stefan Speaks, on YouTube, uh, stefanspeaks.com. Everywhere Stefan Speaks.